0: In today's episode, we'll be looking at some potential good news in the data. The rest of the show will be a spotlight on New York, the new global epicentre of the virus, including a doctor's first-hand experience, whether police pressure has fuelled the outbreak, the use of vitamin C in hospitals, a hero of the day, and some more good news about the fight against the virus. Thank you for listening. This is The Live Ape. Hello and welcome back. A few messages of thanks to begin with to those who've offered advice or sent me information, including Ricky and Tika, Matthew Fidian, Peter McSweeney, Tony Hampson, Nikki Crossland, and Lucy Futcher, who does my amazing ape artwork. Thank you for helping me raise awareness in this way. And if you do have any feedback or information, please email me on the live ape at yahoo.com. And I'll try and give you a shout out next episode or check out the Facebook page or website where we now have a Patreon account for those who want to donate. All donations will go towards local coronavirus support projects. So back to today's podcast. As always, let's look at the data. As of today, the 27th of March, which is actually day 88 since December 31st, when the outbreak was first suspected in Wuhan. So we're now on over half a million cases, as we said we would be at this time. 25,000 deaths and 128,717 recovered. Let's not forget the vast majority of people do recover. And there is some good news in the data now, if we're looking at the, the growth rate for the number of deaths, uh, when we ran the average growth rate of a seven-day rolling average, we could see that actually the number of global deaths from the day it was 10,000, it wasn't going to take that long, only until around April 2nd, to reach 100,000 deaths per day globally. Now, that average has gone down ever so slightly to around 1.15. It was over 1.16, 1.17. And that makes a little bit of a difference. And actually, yes, it is exponential. But if it was to continue now, that date is looking more like April 5th, April 6th. And so it's an indication that perhaps some of these lockdown measures are kicking in. But let's not forget of this delay and the difficult times are very much yet to come. So today we're going to be talking about New York. Now New York has become the, really the epicentre globally. If we look at the total cases for the US, total cases which is now number one overtaking China, overtaking Italy, uh, we have total cases of 100,390. 1,543 deaths, 2,500 recovered. The scary thing is if you look at that 100,000 cases, 44,810, so nearly 45% of them are all in the state of New York. And if you include the neighbouring state of New Jersey, which has 8,825, between the two of them take up over half of all the known coronavirus cases in the United States. And that is alarming, to say the least. Why is this so? Well, New York is the second busiest city in the world after Tokyo. And First of all, I'm going to read you an article from the New York Post about the NYPD. So, a Bronx cop was told to get back to work after being out of work with flu-like symptoms, only to test positive for coronavirus just days later. A female officer assigned to the 46th precinct in the Bronx called out sick on March 17th and visited NYPD doctors on the Friday. But by Sunday, the medical division told her to get back in uniform and back to work, which she did. Yet by Wednesday, she found out she was positive for the pandemic COVID-19 and had been dealing with significant numbers of people in the meantime while waiting for test results. The outbreak has been wreaking havoc on NYPD staffing levels, with, get this, more than 3,200 cops out six just in New York, three times the average, forcing top brass to warn detectives they could be roped into patrols. 28 cops in the, just the 72nd precinct, one of whom was coughing up blood, were off sick on Wednesday. With three testing positive for the bug, more than 230 members have been confirmed to have coronavirus. Sources said NYPD leadership's botched handling of the outbreak has led to a wildfire spread through the rank and file. The girl has a boyfriend who is another cop in the same platoon and the boyfriend has a different partner on patrol. Therefore, it spreads like fire. They say this all goes back to Commissioner thinking that people can still work and Chief Pichardo, the source griped. Let's see them come to a precinct and do patrol. Police officers, understandably, are angry about the lack of transparency regarding the virus's spread through the department. Wow. Crazy, crazy. And it just makes you wonder the impact that we're going to have on our own health service here in the UK or anywhere around the world. Secondly, and this is probably the most difficult article to listen to, this is a doctor's account of being in a hospital in New York. And this is a few days ago from the new york times in several hours on tuesday dr ashley bray performed chest compressions at elmhurst hospital center on a woman in her 80s a man in his 60s and a 38 year old who reminded the doctor of her fiance all had tested positive for the coronavirus and had gone into cardiac arrest all sadly died Elmhurst, 545-bed public hospital in Queens, has begun transferring patients not suffering from coronavirus to other hospitals as it moves forward, becoming dedicated entirely to the outbreak. Doctors and nurses have struggled to make do with a few dozen ventilators. Balls over a loudspeaker of Team 700, code for when a patient is on the verge of death, come several times a shift. Some have died inside the emergency room while waiting for a bed. A refrigerated truck has been stationed outside to hold the bodies of the dead. Over the past 24 hours, New York City's public hospital system said in a statement 13 people at Elmhurst had died. It's apocalyptic, said Dr Bray, 27, a general medicine resident at the hospital. You walk in for your 8am shift. Immediately you're struck by how the calm of the early morning city streets is immediately transformed. The bright fluorescent lights of the ER reflect off everyone's protective goggles. There is a cacophony of coughing. You stop. Mask up. Walk in. Nearly everyone you see today is the same. We assume everyone is COVID-19. We wear gowns, goggles and masks at every encounter, all day. It's the only way to be safe. Where did all the heart attacks and appendicitis patients go? It's all COVID. Across the city, which has become the epicentre of the coronavirus outbreak in the US, hospitals are beginning to confront the kind of harrowing surge in cases that has overwhelmed health systems in China, Italy and other countries On Wednesday evening, New York City reported 20,000 confirmed cases and 280 deaths. Friday evening, and that's more than doubled. Okay, a bit more positive news now. Again, coming from New York. So, seriously sick coronavirus patients in New York State's largest hospital system are being given massive doses of vitamin C, as per the New York Post. This is based on promising reports that it's helped people in heart-hit China. Dr. Andrew Weber, a pulmonologist and critical care specialist affiliated with two Northwell Health facilities on Long Island, said his intensive care patients with the coronavirus immediately receive 1,500 milligrams of intravenous vitamin C. Now, I checked my centrum or whatever it's called multivitamin, which has 100 milligrams. So that's 15 times than a standard multivitamin identical amounts of the powerful antioxidant are then readministered three or four times a day. Therefore, that would be the same as 60 of my standard multivitamins. This is based on experimental treatment administered to people with the coronavirus in China, Weber said. The patients who received vitamin C did significantly better than those who did not get vitamin C. It helps a tremendous amount, but it is not highlighted because it's not a sexy drug. So, there you go. A spokesman for Northwell said vitamin C was being widely used as a coronavirus treatment throughout the system. The vitamin C is administered in addition to such medicines as the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine, the antibiotic azithromycin, various biologics and blood thinners. So, obviously, take advice from your doctor. Vitamin C certainly seems to be a way to go. Finally, more good news. Our hero of the day is Dr. Ian Kwok. 30 in his internal medicine residency turned coronavirus triage at Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital in Manhattan. He says it's not so much the hours that is the most stressful really more about the emotional and psychological impact. There's no longer that ability to promise each patient that we can do absolutely everything that we normally would be able to do so. There's also the issue of a dwindling supply of protective equipment. We're being encouraged to really try to conserve Try to reuse masks in a way that, you know, may or may not really be safe, the young doctor said. That's distressing. To help boost morale, Kwok and some of his medical resident colleagues started what they call a Thank Hospital Heroes campaign, where members of the public can send uplifting messages to hospital workers. The effort began March 19th, and Kwok said they have already received more than 100 messages through a Google form he set up. He has been passing the encouragement along to hospital workers through email, printouts and a WhatsApp group, bringing at least one doctor to tears. The messages are also being posted on an Instagram account at Thank Hospital Heroes. And Kwok wants to extend the programme to other New York hospitals. When they're busy on the wards, just having a little reminder from the community that we're serving, that we're appreciated, keeps us really grounded. It's really tough to have your whole day thinking about just this virus and any time you can just take a step back and really put the humanity back in your day. Genuinely rejuvenating. Burnout is a really big issue in medicine and it was before this crisis and it's obviously going to be much worse. So we really feel like the messages are a really important part of sustaining a really good response to this outbreak. He's encouraging the public to keep the notes coming and anyone with unused N95 masks to email donations at mountsinai.org. True hero. Another hero is Don Giuseppe Berardelli, 72, who died March 15th at a hospital in Livia, Italy, after declining to use the medical equipment that his parishioners were said to have bought for him. Berardelli, Catholic priest, was a beloved figure well known for helping those with financial problems, as well as for riding on a motorcycle. May he rest in peace. And that's nearly the end of today's podcast. But I wanted to finish with a bit more good news. A study in China, a collaborative study, has got some good news in terms of reinfection. So there isn't any strong evidence out there as to whether people can be reinfected or not. But a study involving macaque monkeys, which share with 93% of our DNA, has shown that there has been no short-term reinfection. So that's more good news. So, once again, if you do have any support or any information or any questions or any topics you'd like me to cover, feel free to email me at the live ape at yahoo.com or via the website or via the Facebook page. And remember, stay positive, look after those around you and being as productive as you can be. My name's Marvin Fithian and this is The Live Ape. Goodbye. Daddy's podcast.